0: Here it is. Shane Bailey. What a writer. I should have given him a medal for this. Oh, hello. You know, years ago when I was born, I was but a baby boy. Then I became a little boy. Shortly thereafter, I became a big boy. Tragically though, I became a bad boy. Then I was a good boy. But then I was sort of a neutral boy. You know, not good, not bad, but more of a chaotic neutral, really, if we're honest. But uh, now, here I am at the wizened old age of 25 years old, sitting before you. Today's true story is about growth. So sit back and do enjoy the story as I enjoy the wonderful writings of what I can only assume is a very handsome man in Shane Bailey. <laughs> ribald my man ribald my dear boy (laughs) today's story that we're looking at we've been looking at the parables of Jesus and Jesus told the parables to help us to get a glimpse and help us to better understand the kingdom of God who his father is how we interact so many times we see things through our own lens And Jesus uses the parables to put up a new lens, a new paradigm to break away the things where we don't see things correctly so that we can interact, interact with God, interact in our own area of our growth, interact with each other in a good, life-giving way. That the truths throughout the scriptures have, have been given to us and we've been invited into a place for life transformation. As we understand how deeply God loves us and how much he is for us. And we, as we look at these stories of Jesus and that he, he begins to speak. All of a sudden these things begin to come alive to us. We've looked over and over again at John chapter 8. And we're going to go ahead and jump into verse 31. It says, to the Jews who had believed in him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, Remember, we've said this every time. Holding doesn't mean this thing of, of, of religious adherence, like going through a bunch of religious emotions. Uh, no, this is embracing. This is making it your own. That's this what that, that Greek word means. If you hold on, if you embrace and allow, allow it to become a part of who you are, you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. That's where discipleship happens. It doesn't happen in head knowledge. Life transformation happens when we embrace the truth of what God has told us. It says, then you're going to know the truth and the truth will set you free. And freedom comes through understanding. Understanding who Jesus is, who we are now in Him. It changes everything. Because so many times, we'll see something and our initial reaction won't be the right reaction unless we understand the full process. I love to tell this story on my daughter, Brooklyn. And uh years ago the uh first started deer hunting and uh so you know money was money was tight and uh, got good deer meat and uh sorry for all you uh vegetarians um, and so but you just have to work with me on this one and uh so I would just process it there at the house and the very first time I had a deer at the house, I tried to shield Brooklyn from it. she was two years old, and I didn't want her to see this this animal that was being taken apart, and so, to be blunt, and um, anyway, she ended up peeking through the blinds. She's kind of nosy, and, uh, and so she peeked through the blinds, and she's like, Daddy, what's that kangaroo doing? And I'm like, oh, well, kangaroos are way cuter than deer are, even, and if she's forgiving me for doing this to a kangaroo, I think I'm okay, and uh, so she just Didn't have any issues with it along the way. And Brooklyn wasn't a big fan of beef when she was little, but she really liked venison. She really liked it. And so every time we would have deer, she was so excited. I'd come in from a hunt, and um, I was a champ if I had got one. I was a chump if I had missed or been busted. And so she loved it when I got a deer. And a couple of years later, Brooklyn is about five years old at this time, and and I have another deer out in the backyard, and I am... have the skin halfway off of this deer. And uh, Brooklyn comes outside, and Brooklyn loves the jerky and the chicken fry and all that fun stuff, and she sees this deer in process. It is not alive. Its skin is half off. It is a disgusting sight. And she steps into the backyard and looks at it and boldly proclaims, That looks delicious. And I was like, boom, yes, that's my girl. She gets it. And the thing is, is that raw meat doesn't look delicious to most people. Certainly on the hoof, it doesn't look delicious unless you know where it's going. Unless you see all the way to the end result, then each piece of the process can be enjoyed. And today we're going to delve into a parable that's honestly pretty short. But for you and I, this is vital. We have to get what is said in this moment. Let's go ahead and look at what Jesus had to say in Mark chapter 4. We already looked at the first part of Mark chapter 4 at the very beginning of this series, at the parable of the sower. I'm going to reference that in just a minute. Because these two parables work together. Jesus says them in the same thought flow, in the same setting. And the first parable, parable of the sower, just to sum it up, it comes down to that the effectiveness of the word of God is determined by our receptiveness. We have to be willing to receive it. We have to be willing to have ears to hear and hear. We have to let God speak into our lives for it to make a difference. And so on that piece of it, it feels like the weight's kind of all on us. And there is a place where we have to be willing to receive it. That You can reject it and it has no effect or you can open up to it. But Jesus wanted to immediately counteract that thing that would come in and go, okay, well now this is all my response. I'm receptive. Now he wants to show us the power of, of the seed and the power of the process. And that there's this beautiful mystery. And this beautiful thing that takes place. It says and he also, Jesus, he also said. This is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground. Night and day. Whether he eat, whether he sleeps or gets up. The seed sprouts and grows. Though he does not know how. All by itself. The soil produces grain, first the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. And as soon as the grain is ripe, it's put to the sickle, and the harvest has fully come. And I think one of the first things you and I need to really grasp on this is this, this moment where we see that God works through process. That when we dare to open our lives up to let God's word have root, that then that seed, that his, him being at work in our lives, what he has to say begins to make changes. Us giving him permission to be right. When there's tension, when I like, God, I feel a I feel a disconnect between what I want and what I think and what your word says. And we give him permission to be right. We say, I'm going to choose you over my own place, my own bias, my own desire, all this stuff. And I'm going to default to what you have to say. And that. Folks, that's just a place of faith. That's just a place of trust. And when we dare to do that, God's word begins to transform and grow and change. But it happens in process. Growth in God, folks, is a process. And you know what? When I was younger, I didn't want it to be. I didn't want it to be. I wanted it to be this, this thing that was this instantaneous I say yes to God and now all my habits and hang-ups and all the stuff that I don't like about me are all of a sudden instantly gone and all of a sudden here I am. The okay? Bible says I'm a new creation. Why do I still feel like I'm stuck in my old clothes? If I'm a new creation, what's, what's, the, what's the problem here? And this brings life and helps us To understand it. Let's go back to Genesis chapter 1 where this whole creation thing takes place. And since we're new creations, let's see how original creation takes place. And I recently shared this with our school of ministry students. And let's look at Genesis chapter 1 verse, and we're going to get into verse 3. It says, And and God said, let there be light. Right before that we see that, that the earth was formless and without void. Certain translations say it was chaos. That there was chaos. And so, and then God steps in and he, he's not afraid of chaos. God is not intimidated by your chaos at all. He wants to be invited in. He wants to say, for you to understand you can't fix this on your own and just let him have it. He wants to be invited into your chaos. And then he says, let there be light. And there was light. And that's the cool thing. There was no light, and then there was light because God said, and so we equate the miraculous with the instantaneous. But let's keep reading here. There are things that happen, boom, and then there are things that happen in growth. It says, God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. And he called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning, the first day. There's this, this creation piece broken up into six days, and on the seventh day, God rested. And on the first day, all we have is light, and God calls it good. He celebrated that first step. Everything for you and I to be in existence, the last piece of the creation, we would look at that and go, We can't even live. There's no earth, there's no any of these pieces. What's, what's the deal here? You need, to, you need to finish this thing up. We want God to say, let there be universe and people, boom, and there it is. But what we see is process. He said, let there be light, and there was light. There it is. We say yes to Jesus and place our faith to him, and instantaneously we are born and we are alive in him. We have stepped over from death to life. There's no this kind of alive, kind of dead thing. We are alive in Christ, heaven ready right in that moment, praise God. But then there is the process of us maturing and growing. See, as we read through all of the creation story, which we're not going to do today, there's multiple steps. We don't even get the sun and the moon that we recognize night and day from till day four, And there are these moments, there are all of these different pieces and God pauses and He calls them good and there is a start and a stop to that part, that phase of creation. And He enjoys each moment even though He's not done. Even though He's not done, He enjoys each moment. So why in the world do you and I look at ourselves and feel this pressure... To be this fully completed work. Since we're new creations. We think we should be this fully completed work. When original creation took place in steps. In moments of growth. Why would it be a surprise that he does the same thing in our lives? It's not remotely a surprise at all. He's enjoying each step. 2 Corinthians 5.17 again it says if anyone is in Christ the new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. The new is here. See, as a parent of seven children, the part of the joy of parenting is watching them develop. Is enjoying the each phase, each step. The first time they try to say a word and you have no idea what they're saying. The look on their face, they're convinced of it. They know what they're saying. And we have quickly learned not to say yes to Pressland. She comes up and is like, are like, sure. We're like, oh my goodness, what did we just agree to? She knew what she said. We have no idea. But we, the, the process, each one of those moments, we enjoy the growth. That's part of the joy of raising children. It's seeing them step from face to face from each one of them. We're not upset that they don't come out and can't immediately start earning a living. What's up with you? We gave birth to a mooch. You stick them on the ground and they're just, they're there. They can't sit up, they can't do anything. I laid them there, I came back a couple hours, they're still there. And now they're messy. That's so bad, I think we're going to move. They don't do anything. But we love it. We understand it. There's a process. It's, It's part of the joy of parenting. And you know what? God enjoys that with you too. He enjoys it with you too. The stuff you're so frustrated and mad at yourself, you know what he's doing? He's celebrating your next steps. He's celebrating the, the places where his image is, is showing off a little bit more in your life. And you're so frustrated about these other things, and he is loving you and saying, That's my child. And it's so awesome. They're growing, they're maturing. No, they're not there yet, but it is a beautiful thing. It is a beautiful thing. 2 Corinthians 3 says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. There's freedom. But we all, with unveiled faces, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into that same image. We see, begin to get a glimpse of how amazing God is, and we're being changed into that image. We're becoming more and more and the image of god as we allow him to work in our lives and we're being in tra- transformed into that same image from glory to glory. Well wait a second. Wait a minute. I thought glory meant awesome, wonderful, good and then there's we're now taking another step into glory. I thought there was only kind of one good. What's the deal with these two goods? There's glory and then there was another glory. It's called you growing. How amazing is it that you step over from death to life? That's awesome. That's glory. How amazing is it that then the Spirit of God begins to transform and and you begin to be a little more loving and a little more patient. You begin to show off the characters of Papa God in your life. It's awesome. That's what he's talking about. The next piece is, is this growth happens over time. Let's go back to our parable. It says, night and day, whether he eats or sleeps, Sleeps, or whether, sorry, I'm, I'm making this up. Let's read the Bible. Mark 4, 27. Night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up. That's what the Bible says. The seed sprouts and grows. It sprouts and grows. It's this process. It's this over time. We so much want certain pieces of it now. And then sadly, there are other pieces of it we were like, just God, just leave that part of me alone. Can't 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 you just be cool here? But there's this growth. And we've got to be patient in the process. James 1, 4 reminds us of this, that let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. What does that mean? I thought I was in Christ I had everything I need. You do. So what does this mean that I'll be perfect and complete, lacking nothing? It's the maturity that you will have matured into who God has wired and created you to be. And patience is required in this process called maturity. And then we also have to extend this with others. One of the hardest pieces of walking this thing out is being patient with yourself. I think it's only second to be impatient with everybody else we're trying to do this Christian life with. That they're still in process and they still have their hang-ups and their stuff that get under our skin. And we have to be patient with them too. Proverbs 19.11 reminds us this, that a man's wisdom gives him patience. Knowing that we're going somewhere, knowing that there's an end product, knowing that, that God is still at work, that's the wisdom. It gives us patience. It is his glory to overlook an offense. Then the next piece is is that we don't have to have it all figured out to grow. So many times we want to know all the steps. We want to have it all laid out and figure the whole thing out. Guess what? God's ways are higher than our ways. And his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. You know Praise God, this does not have, we don't have to fully understand how God does it for it to work. How many of us would be stuck? I would be stuck if I had to understand it all before anything took place. Praise God, I was just able to give myself to to what He was wanting to do and say, God, I'm just going to trust you. And then some understanding and some revelation came as I matured, as I grew. And it's going to happen the same way with you. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, or some translations say acknowledge him, be aware that he has a way, and he will make your path straight. As we get into the next piece of the parable, I think it's vital that we understand this, that the small beginnings should be celebrated. That signs of the new life in us show up before there's, things are fully produced. And Mark 4, says, all by itself the soil produces grain. First the stalk. Or sometimes they just say, first the blade. And it just pokes its head out. Little seed germinated and here it comes. And you're like, woo, yes, it's working. And the... Jesus takes pause to say, first that little stalk comes up. This is fantastic. This is awesome. This should be celebrated. Going back to that child-rearing thing, we go in and have our baby books, and, and we write down our ch- children's you know, first milestones, and we write first steps. Okay? And more than likely, you wrote down the date and how many they took which ended, more than likely, with a fall. They took so many steps, and then they went splat, okay? And you probably didn't go, um, baby took first steps today, um, took three pretty sad, wobbly steps, Um, no track scholarship for her. Um, um, We don't write those things in the baby book, we're not taking how their first initial reactions and extrapolating that in. We don't look at somebody's kid and go, wow, man, your kid stinks at walking. <laughs> they just kind of toddled along. The, they're grabbing my furniture, and they fell in our living room like five times. Um, you, need to, you need to check something out here. Your kid's terrible at walking. No, they're brand new. We understand that and we celebrate it. And the kid is on the ground, maybe crying. They do the thing and they walk and they take one, two, three, and most of the time they do the little bink, the little booty drop. But what if they do the one, two, three and go boom? And everybody in the room is going woo, The kid face planted. They're sitting on the ground crying. I'm surrounded by jerks. These people hate me. I'm never walking again. They set me up. No, you're celebrating. They're too immature to understand what an amazing thing they just did. All they see is the is the failure. All they feel is the bumped head, the bumped nose, or the sore hiney. That's all they know. And everybody else is cheering. Why? Because we know those first steps are crucial. And they're awesome. And as a, as a body of believers... You and I need to be awesome at this. People begin their new life in Christ and they take their first steps and maybe they fall on their face. But their response we ought to give them is yes. You took some steps. Yes, you're moving forward. Yes, you trusted God. You dared to believe you could do life different. You've had your whole life. You've been carried around everywhere. You've sat on the floor the whole time, and you dared to believe there was something bigger and greater for you, and you took a risk. And we need to celebrate that. God celebrates it. Zechariah 4.10 says, Do not despise these small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. And so many times we can jump. We can jump the middle part of the story. We can say, first the blade, and then it grew all the way up and produced its fruit. And we can skip out on the middle part. And the middle part is so vital. And Jesus doesn't skip out on the middle part. He begins and he's, <clears throat> that each step along the way is vital and should be recognized. Back to verse 28, it says, All by itself the soil produces grain, first the stalk, then the head. Then all of a sudden this thing that's going to produce the fruit begins to grow up. We begin to see what kind of plant it is. Most of the time, the first little blade that pokes up, it's, unless you're like a botanist or something, you don't have any idea what that is. But then it gets a little more maturity and the leaves begin to show and some of these things begin. You're like, okay, I know what that is. And it begins to reveal. By the time the head shows up in this corn stalk that's growing up, you're like, this is corn. I know what's happening here. This is corn. I, I recognize this. And it's we need to celebrate this middle part. So many times we can get frustrated by the middle steps that we think, man, things are progressing here, but not fast enough. Not fast enough, but Jesus doesn't look at it that way. He doesn't look at it that way. We can get this can become the place where we get discouraged and, and maybe we stop too early. Mark 418. Goes back to the parable before and says, Still others like seeds sown among thorns, hear the word. But the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth and the desire for other things come in and choke the word, making it fruitful. This seed in that parable right before, it germinated. The first blade came up. It's growing. And when it's supposed to step into maturity, all of the stuff around it, all these other things begin to choke out What it's the eventual result. We have to be let that not not stop at that moment. Philippians 3.12 says, Not that I have already obtained this. This is Paul talking, people. He wrote the bulk of the New Testament, and this is his assessment of himself. Not that I have already obtained this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Whew, that is so good. And then the last thing we want to make sure we grab is that growth is about maturity in Christ. It is about that fruitfulness. It is about being able to bring about that, that, that next generation. As soon as that, that harvest is fully come, it's fully matured, it's rather easy to be enjoyed Good old, grilled corn on the cob, or replanted, but it is now mature. it's ready to be the blessing it was created to be in Mark 4:28, all by itself, the soil produces grain. First the stalk, then the head, and then the full kernel in the head. When Paul ministers to people, and you begin to write, I mean, read the scriptures and you read. The letters to the Corinthian church and and a, <clears throat> a bunch of his writings. You go, man, um, these people were messed up, and they were. They're like you and I. They were in process, and Paul just operated in such a beautiful understanding of grace. And he, this is Paul writing that he's confident that being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to the completion until the day of Christ. He's going to keep it moving. He's going to keep working. You don't have to have it all figured out. You don't have to do it. Just keep your heart open to what God is doing and let him do the work. He'll mature you. He'll direct you. He'll change your life. Our bottom line today is we grow in grace. And yes, I mean that two ways. We grow in. We start with an understanding of grace and we grow and more and more, but we also, that is the fertile ground that we grow in. We understand that process is part of it. And we're not sitting there and walk by that little blade and go, that is the saddest looking corn plant I've ever seen and kick it up. No, it's in process. It is in process. Open your heart. Open your heart to truly knowing God, to truly letting him guide you and direct you and have first word in your life. And he will continue to reveal himself more and more. That's his desire. That's why Jesus taught in parables, he wants us to understand. He wants us to grow. He wants us to mature. But if you will dare to be fully patient in the process and fully have your heart, open. Both, both parables of the seed, all of Mark four, open your heart fully, be that good ground and understand that you don't have to understand it all. That his life is gonna produce change and growth in your life if you'll just dare to keep your heart open. We try to overcomplicate this we try to turn it into something that's not. We're as children, we're called the children of God. Not the servants of God, not the slaves of God. We're called, not the trophies of God. We're called the children of God. Children grow. Children make messes. Children don't do everything right the first time. But children are loved and embraced in everything that belongs to the daddy belongs to those kids. Oh. It's all yours. Be patient with yourself. Grow in Him. And I want to create a moment here. Well, maybe you feel like you've been on the outside looking in. Maybe you have been one of these that felt like you did not want to start something that you can't finish. Well, guess what? (gasps) Christianity is about letting God start something you can't finish. You can't do it. You can't say, God, thanks for forgiving me. Now I'm going to just impress you with how awesome a Christian I can be. Nope. it's not what he's asking of you. He's asking you to dare to come to him as a little child, to dare to be his kid. To understand that you're loved. To understand that you are fully embraced. That you're made right with him because our elder brother, the Bible refers to Jesus as that has paved the way. That Jesus is taken care of all the stuff that separates us, the, the sin, the rebellion, the iniquity, whatever you want to call it, Jesus handled it. And his death, burial, and resurrection makes us 100% right with God. And we dare to believe that, that it's all done, that Jesus did it all, and we step over from death to life, beautiful, instantaneous miracle, and then we grow. If you're here this morning and you say, Brandon, I get it. I want that. I believe Jesus did it for me. And I give up on this thing and trying harder. I'm just going to let him do it in me. If that's you, I want you to just raise your hand. Awesome. Awesome. Yes. Yes. That simple childlike faith of grabbing a hold of that is what it's about. And you've stepped over from death to life. Welcome to the family. I want to pray this prayer with you. I'm just going to loan some words and believers, raise your voices with them. Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you that you love me. That you sent Jesus to die for me. And that he rose again and made a way for me to be your child. I choose today to let you have your way. I thank you that you're going to work in me to mature me from the inside out. But I'm heaven ready at this moment because of Jesus. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Woo! Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Awesome. I want to encourage you this week. Enjoy. Take the pressures off. Let God move in your life. Let God grow in you. The Holy Spirit's directing, just, just let him do it. I want to st- y'all to stand up, and I want to pray over you as we go out of here. We've got the Ramirez's who are ready to pray with you over here. And we've got the Whitaker's who are ready to pray on this side. We should have someone over in T9 if anybody needs any prayer. Heavenly Father, you are so amazing. And we're thankful that we can go out of here remembering, Lord, that you enjoy us as your children. You enjoy our growth. You enjoy these moments where we dare to step out and dare to choose to trust you. And, Lord, I thank you that you are transforming us. It's not about what we can do for you. It's about you, what you've done for us. And, Lord, we thank you for that. We go out of here with a fresh understanding of that. In Jesus' name, amen.